Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Then you do the hard work of loving them as Christ would, unconditionally. In some cases, you may not be able to become close, but you might be able to at least address some of those old hurts. It's then up to you to forgive generously and extend that grace that we're told to extend. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. everyone and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're glad you joined us. Always good to be with you again, Dr. Linda, on the weekend. And I have a question. Have we ever done a show about adult siblings? You know, I don't think so, which is why this should be a very interesting show. Yeah, we're going to uh, go into a brand new topic here. Um, I know you are not an only child and grew up with siblings. Uh, How do you get along? Well, I had two brothers. If you're a regular listener, you know I lost a brother when he was 26 years old due to a terrorist bomb on an airplane. But I did grow up, you know, my whole life that I was living at home with those two brothers. I was the only girl, and I'm the youngest in my family. But we all got along, and we continue to get along as adults. My one brother is a pastor, Chris. Mm -hmm. My other brother was a biologist, and I went into psychology. So my mom used to call us the body, mind, and spirit, or the unholy trinity. (laughs) How about you? She knew you guys pretty well, didn't she? I have one sister. She's five years younger than me. And as kids, we just sort of existed. We didn't really have a real brotherly, sisterly type bond. But the longer that we are all grown up now, and our adults, we continue to get closer and closer. It's really, it's fun to, fun to be a part of it. That's great. Well, both my mom and dad came from really large families. Mm -hmm. My mom was one of eight siblings and my dad was one of seven. You had a couple aunts and uncles then. Yes. A lot of aunts and uncles. And coming from that large extended family, there was always lots of drama as well. You know, conflict was was there. I mean, we did have conflict at times, but we all got along somehow. And most of the credit, I would say, is that because most of the siblings were believers. So we were challenged in our faith to love one another. How about in your extended family? You know, I have cousins around, and um, my dad came from a family of five. My mom just has a brother Mm -hmm. and a sister. So there are cousins, but everyone is so spread out, and there's a lot of age difference. And it could be weird at times. You know, people do weird things, but we, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know, cousins are. But uh, we all got along pretty well, and when we do see each other, we have a pretty good time. Well, you know, I was taught that no matter how crazy a family member acts, they're still family. And the message was really loud and clear. Find a way to get along, Mm. accept the flaws, as these relationships are really important. And that really strong message probably motivated me to become a family therapist. Because despite all the problems that we see in families, the benefits of connection, I think, outweigh the Mm. problems in most cases. So regardless of our differences, I know my family will rally if I need them. And I know that we have a spiritual connection as well, but I know that's not the case in every family. Hmm. It's interesting because siblings share about 50% of their genes, 
and on the playground as kids, you see siblings actively protecting each other against bullies, even when they torment each other at home. And we've all seen that. (laughs) There's this like unspoken loyalty when your family is attacked by outsiders. But the sibling problems go all the way back to the first family in the Bible. I mean, Cain actually murdered his brother Abel. Yeah, really, this is nothing new. And let's not forget about how Joseph's brothers dropped him in a pit and sold him as a slave. Obviously, not all siblings get along that well. It's true, but these relationships are so important. I know many people who say, I don't like my brother or sister. I don't want anything to do with them. I'm sure Joseph had those moments. Don't you think he had moments? He's human. He had moments of wanting to forget about his siblings and just kind of moving on with life. But what's so amazing about his story is that he never did. And he even found ways to bless them after they tried to harm him. Our responses to our siblings do matter. We often change as adults. Like you said, Chris, even though you weren't that close as kids, there is something worth at least trying to have a relationship with your siblings. Here's something that uh, I just learned. Not getting along with your siblings may actually jeopardize your overall health. Years ago, Harvard did a study about sibling closeness. They found that sibling closeness was a positive factor in later adult health. Isn't that interesting? Mm, Yes. It's not causal. It's just something that they found that was associated. And of all the men in that study who were close to a sibling in their youth, 93% of them were thriving at age 65, medically, economically, physically, and psychologically. So I just found that really interesting. But what about poor sibling relationships in childhood? Is there any link to adult well-being that might give us an incentive to try to work on these relationships? Actually, there is. There's another study that found that poor sibling relationships in childhood were shown to be linked to major depression in adulthood. And then there's even another one, a large Dutch study, where they found that people who experience serious negative events in their life, like divorce, addiction, financial problems, or psychological problems, had a history of less supportive and more strained ties to their siblings. So the takeaway here is... You can cut off from your adult siblings if there are problems, but that comes with problems of its own, and it doesn't solve anything, and it does impact your other adult relationships. So you're saying that if I don't get along with my siblings, I may have problems getting along with other adults. I think the may, because obviously we know that there are other factors that enter into this, like a relationship with Christ and things like that, that are part of the help that we get with our relationships. But sibling relationships do a couple of things. They help you learn ways to manage your emotions and develop awareness of other people's thoughts and feelings in positive or negative ways. And those are really important adult relationship skills. Well, Dr. Linda, you are a family therapist, and I know you believe in trying to build those adult sibling relationships and repair any broken bonds. Especially, Chris, when experts agree that an emotionally intimate relationship with a sibling can make our lives happier and healthier. I think it's worth a try. And it's fun to get together and talk about your parents. (laughs) We we still do that. (laughs) In very good ways. That's right, right, of course. (laughs) But we're called by Christ to be reconciled with one another and live in peace. So there is a spiritual incentive to try to get along with your brothers and sisters. It's clear in the Bible that we should try to be reconciled. I've always had a good relationship with my brothers, but that doesn't mean we never fought or we never had problems. But when you feel like you're grounded and connected to your original family, it's like they are your home base. 
You've got these people you can always come back to, you can count on them, and we all benefit from strong family bonds. They do pay dividends, particularly as we get older. So yes, it is worth trying to make those relationships work. And it seems like as adults, most of our sibling problems are rooted in the past, and yet they still bother us as adults. So when siblings are together, it's like we revert to our old roles in the original family. Even though we grow up in the same family, we can have very different experiences. And it's not uncommon for one sibling to have no idea how different your family experience was from them, unless you talk about this as adults. So you can grow up in the same family, but maybe have two very different experiences. Here's a personal example. When my brother was killed in the plane crash that I mentioned, I have no recollection of my middle brother being present when the news was delivered by that Army officer. And it wasn't until we talked years later that I realized he was involved. And so for years, Chris, I thought he was not engaged during this time. I had no memory of him comforting me. We had really different memories of the same event. And that trauma impacted both of us in very different ways as well. So talking about it connected our stories. It helped us better understand each other. And actually, I found it very healing. And your parents may be stressed or going through difficulties at different times in your own development. Maybe one sibling may be out of the house when a parent, you know, has a problem. The other one's living there. It can all be very different for different times of your life. Would you suggest then that as adults, we talk about some of our hurtful or difficult sibling memories? Would it help to hear the other person's perspective is what I mean. Talking about those experiences from an adult perspective can be enlightening. It may even result in an apology, and it could lead to making amends. So once you realize your perspective may be different, despite growing up in the same household, it can also build some empathy. I really like this conversation. It's really cool. And we're getting to the good part, but we need to take a short break. Stay with us as we continue our discussion on getting along with our adult siblings. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And just a reminder that you can follow Dr. Linda on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Linda Mental, and on Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental, author and speaker. You can also listen to our podcast on MyFaithRadio.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms like iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mental Podcast or go to MyFaithRadio.com. And Dr. Linda, it seems to be that we can act like sane adults apart from our family and then regress to being a child again when we are with our siblings. And that drives my mother crazy when we do that. (laughs) She feels like you're back to being 11 years old again. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, with awareness, you can change this. You are now an adult, and you can react differently to the Mm -hmm. stress and the conflict. So you don't have to be that 11-year-old again. But to change that pattern, think about how you currently respond to a boss or a coworker Mm -hmm. or even an adult friend. Like, what is different about that? Do you need to employ those grown-up relationship skills to your brother or your sister? 
doing so can really change that old pattern. And learning to recognize old patterns helps to change them. For example, you might say, Oh, I'm acting like dad's favorite now. I know how much that bothered you growing up. Sorry. <laughs> oh, thanks for bringing that up again. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say that line to your sibling? <laughs> yeah, she was the favorite now that you mentioned it. Oh. Well, we're going to talk about that oh, okay. in just a minute. We're going to get into that. <laughs> you know that saying, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? Well, maybe you should adapt that to saying, what happens in childhood stays in childhood. <laughs> I wish it were that easy, honestly. Mm, yeah. But the point is to look at what happened in childhood and then make some changes so that you can be better sibling friends as adults. Mm. Well, before the break, we mentioned that sometimes siblings cut off their adult relationships. One reason may be due to sibling rivalry. Sibling rivalry, I can't say that word, Dr. Linda. <laughs> it's hard, isn't rivalry, it? Rivalry, yes. It can continue into adulthood and keep playing out. You feel competitive with your own brothers and sisters. You know, these relationships are kind of complex and influenced by so many things. I mean, our genetics, our life events, our gender, our parental relationships, experiences outside our family. But a sibling rivalry is a big mm. problem that often results from parental favoritism. You know, speaking of that, I'd sort of forgotten about that until we started talking on this show and... My sister was the favorite. And how do you feel about that, Chris? We need to talk about that later. <laughs> well, we'll keep going with that one because that's an important topic. <laughs> okay. Well, I was surprised to learn that even though parents try to be unbiased, favoritism is actually very common. The issue is it can create a resentment in the less favored child and the stress from high parental expectations for the favored child. Mm -hmm. And then there's strained sibling relationships and other negative consequences. Uh, well, what are some of the reasons for this favoritism? couple of things, geographical proximity, you know, maybe your sister lives closer to your mom, and so maybe they spend more time together. A lot of times, the parent who shares a similar personality somehow, you know, maybe favors the child who seems to be more similar to them, because mm -hmm. it's easier to deal with that child. And then there's a lot of factors that are beyond your control. So maybe your worldview doesn't match your parents as closely as one of your siblings. And then they resent that, either consciously or unconsciously. This happens a lot with brothers and sisters who go their own way, and they don't have the same view of life that they had when they were growing up. And then research also tells us, Chris, that parents are more ambivalent towards children who are not married. Isn't that interesting? So they, I guess, I don't know, they're trying to figure out what's going to happen to that child and if they share fewer of their values. So parents may be adding to the sibling rivalry, even as adults. Well, maybe it's common, but it hurts when a parent shows favoritism to one of the children over another. You know, when elderly parents get ill, that's when you really see this stuff. Mm, yeah. that, that, you know, there's some type of crisis, and then that sibling rivalry stuff really comes out. And it can be difficult during those times because there's something big or a crisis or something that's very, you know, that you have to deal with. And it can be difficult to sit down together and work out the best way to deal with the situation without all those old feelings and those resentments coming out, especially if someone in that group is perceived to be the favorite child. If there is sibling rivalry, uh, favoritism, personality differences, and a bunch of other things, what are some ways to change your adult sibling relationships uh, to make them closer and, and better? And Chris, you never asked me if I was the favorite in the family. You act like you were. <laughs> we'll just say you were. 
Well, I was the only girl. <laughs> and you were so the that youngest. Big, you were the, I was the youngest. You were so, the baby. You know, yeah. You, do you, you have three children. You know, the baby always mm-hmm. gets a little bit of the favoritism. I feel always bad for the oldest because they get all the experimentation. <laughs> and they get, you know, there's pretty high expectations for that oldest that's going, you know, it's going to be create a problem. They already come to me and share and say, why does he get by with this? Why oh, is he allowed do? to do that? Yes, yes. It's already for started. Math, for yeah. your youngest? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. So that is that is an issue and how you handle it. So let's look at some of the ways that parents can handle that. But first, I want to say, you asked a question, how do you change that with mm-hmm. your, your current you know, sibling as adults? First thing is try to create some new memories. I do have a lot of memories of my brother, who's the middle child, tormenting me, <laughs> I will say. <laughs> And uh, Norm has that with his sister who says the same thing, who's in my position as well. I don't know why that is. Maybe because they're older and they feel like they can boss us around and then we have to just take it because we're the youngest sibling. But one of the things you can do as adults is find new memories and don't go back into those old patterns. Find something else that you can do. See them in a different role instead of that old role of you know being in a rivalry with them. Maybe there's something new that you can do. That could create a new memory. So I've gotten to know my brother so much better as an adult. And he lives in a different state. And I've visited him a lot because my father was there, too. Mm -hmm. And we've, you know, we've gone to see the sights and we've played games. We've done other things that are positive memories that are new for us as adults. So you can create these positive memories. But what do you do about the old resentments that just haven't gone away yet? I would find time when you can to talk about those things that have built up. But tell your sibling that the purpose of that is to really bury the hatchet. And then you want to move on as adults. I've actually done this. I've had some pretty difficult conversations with my brother. And I found a lot of things that he was feeling that I was unaware of. He found out things that I was feeling that he was unaware of. So if you can find a way to let those old resentments go and try a fresh start, think about the fact that you're adults now. You can start new. You don't have to be trapped into those old roles. Get their perspective. Talk about how they felt and why. Again, my brother and I have done this several times, and it's really helped the relationship. The goal is not to blame, but to understand the other person's perspective and how they were feeling. And maybe a sibling did something to you that was really hurtful, and you've never talked about it. I think one of the hardest things among siblings is this tendency to compare ourselves to our our brothers and sisters. And boy, we do that, don't we? And that is a real setup for resentment. If they end up with more money, a better job, you might feel like you don't measure up. You know, we make different choices, and there's no reason that your path has to be the same as your sibling. My brother is a pastor. Hmm. He's never going to make the money that I could make as a therapist. But that doesn't make him less than I am. I, I keep trying to tell him it's a different path. I try to... I always try to value him and say good things about what he's doing. He is in a calling that isn't focused on making money. And we have to value these different paths that we each take and try not to compare it. Unfortunately, Chris, I think a lot of times parents say things that are comparisons and they set that all up. So be really careful as the parent that you're not making those comparisons in front of the kids. That's right. Even as the kids are adults, parents can still do that and it can be harmful. We need to take a break. During the break, I'm going to call my sister and ask her why she (laughs) acts like the favored child all the time. When we come back, I want to uh, talk more about making amends. Stay with us. 
some days I simply have to fight discouragement. When those days come, I like to read the Psalms and meditate on the cure for my discouragement. Take Psalm 103, for example. David, feeling discouraged, talks to himself in a way that uplifts his soul. He tells his soul to bless the Lord and to remember the benefits of serving God. David wrote this psalm to encourage himself in the Lord, something I know I need to do regularly. Instead of focusing on all of his problems, David decided to engage his will and rehearsed the goodness of God. He begins the psalm by blessing the Lord. Then he speaks to his soul and reminds himself of all that God does for those who are faithful to him. So when you feel discouraged, do what David did and encourage yourself in the Lord. It will transform that discouragement to praise and gratitude. You are listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Check out her website, drlindamental.com. And remember, the podcast can be listened to or shared anytime. Just go to MyFaithRadio.com or your favorite podcast platform. And Dr. Linda, I want to go back to uh, what you said about letting go of old hurts and resentments. Uh, how important is it to try to make amends with your siblings? It's just critical to a healthy relationship. I mentioned how revisiting past stories can bring up old hurts. But when you say something like, I had no idea you felt that way, that really goes a long way to making a difference. As hard as it is, I think revisiting those longstanding conflicts with the purpose, again, of trying to resolve it. And if you have to read my book, We Need to Talk and Know How to Bring Up These Type <laughs> of Conflicts and to bring them up in a way that can get some improvement, you're going to see a big difference in those relationships. In some cases, this would require extra help from you know, possibly a family therapist, which brings up a question. Have you ever counseled with a brother and sister? Oh, it's well, I do family therapy work, so they're mm -hmm. all in the room, Chris. So right. one of the things that comes up is that they don't come in for a problem between the two siblings. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's some other problem going on in the family, but it always comes out as we're dealing with whatever the issue is because you're in a system. And if one part of the system is struggling, it's going to affect the other part mm. of the system. Right. And sometimes because a sibling may need additional help to overcome the impact of something that was really hurtful, for example, if you know you were in a family and there was abuse and you had a brother or sister who didn't protect you from that abuse in the home, or you had a sibling who verbally abused you because he or she was also being abused, those are hard things to deal mm. with without maybe the help of a third party. But the root of those behaviors really needs to be explored and healed because we're heavily influenced by how our original families treated us. But again, I want to say it over and over. We can recognize those things, but we don't have to stay stuck in those patterns. So what happens when a sibling won't make amends? You try, but they just refuse. Then you do the hard work of loving them as Christ would, unconditionally. In some cases, you may not be able to become close, but you might be able to at least address some of those old hurts. It's then up to you to forgive generously and extend that grace that we're told to extend. Don't wait for the other person to begin the process. And if your efforts to reconcile fail and the sibling is acting out, just put on the boundaries that you need to. You're no longer that helpless child who can't stop abuse or acting out. Do you think it's important to make efforts to stay in touch, keep extending the olive branch, so to speak, because you may be separated in your relationship, but you, you also may be hundreds of miles from each other as well? 
Well, both of those things, you, you may have tried and the person isn't responding at all. And I like the phrase you used, extend the olive branch. You know, you don't have to visit the person every week or make daily phone calls, but occasionally sending them a message, acknowledging their birthday, mm. text once in a while, maybe the relationship will grow. Maybe the person will soften. For example, if you see something funny that you know they would appreciate, send them the meme mm. or the, mm. what is that called? It's not a JPEG. What is that called? The movie. <laughs> the GIF. The GIF. The GIF. The, okay, that's it. <laughs> send it to them. First you have to know what it is, and then you can send it to them. But, you know, chances are they might appreciate the thought, they might laugh, and they might see you in a new positive light, too, and that could start to create some different memories. I am a parent with three young children. So what can I do today that will help encourage good sibling relationships when they get older? I love this question because how you behave with your children now as a parent is influencing their closeness for later. Begin by thinking about how do you intervene in fights? At times, you know, Chris, you do need to tell your children to work it out between themselves. But when the fights get nasty, you should play the role of mediator or problem-solving coach, not referee, because mm -hmm. parents tend to intervene on behalf of the younger child as I know, I can attest to, <laughs> which builds more resentment in the older ones and empowers the younger to challenge the older siblings more frequently. So you want to avoid phrases like, you're bigger, be nice, or be a good role model, or she's little, let her have her toy. Mm -hmm. I know these are sounding familiar, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah, early on, help them navigate conflict with each other. That's a really good way to stop some of this. Or don't say, he's six, stop acting like him. That wouldn't be good either. And listening to the earlier parts of this show, I know as a parent that I need to be careful not to compare the kids. They hear those comparisons, and it creates more competition and fighting. These two things, helping them handle conflict in a good way and not comparing them, will go a long way mm. to build healthy sibling relationships, and these will carry into their adult lives. Mm. Well, uh, Dr. Linda, as we are nearing the end of the show... What about your siblings who choose very different life paths than, than you? Their decisions about how to handle money, debt, marriage, raising their kids, jobs, values, and God may be based on a completely different worldview they have embraced. You know, that's especially hard when you're a believer and they are not. You may not have a lot in common, but you can show them love and you can pray for them. It makes it harder, obviously, to have points of connection, but you can still find things to talk about or do something together that doesn't lead to fights or disagreements. Healing often comes when you really do the hard things, Chris, that Jesus instructed us to do. We're told to love our enemies. That's not easy. Pray for those who spitefully use us. Bless those who curse us. And forgive even when forgiveness isn't sought. So when you follow these biblical directives, you're going to be at peace even if the other person is not. At the end of the day, we're asking you to show the love of Christ to your family members. In the words of my mom, I know some of my siblings are a little crazy at times, but they're family. <laughs> when times get tough, love takes over. We have shared experience. We know each other very well. So while I could list all the flaws of each family member, I choose love instead. At times, this love is challenging because there is hurt involved. But working through the hurt alone or together... I want siblings in my life, and that is a decision we each have to make. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation, and Dylan Valencia, our technical producer. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're here doing life together 
And it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.